You're listening to Firm Up, the fermented food podcast, where we get together every week to discuss anything and everything fermented. This is episode 84, and I have a very, very special guest. Back from the old days, I have Daniela back as a co-host for today. She's filling in for Allison. How's it going? It's good. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks Your for having old me. Show. I know, my old show. Wow. Yeah, if for for anyone that isn't a, a long-time listener, might not know that Daniela was the original co-host of Firm Up, and she has so willingly taken time out of her evening to spend talking on Firm Up today. And it, I don't think we... I mean, I've mentioned it once or twice since Daniela was on the show, but I don't think I've ever really mentioned when we were recording together that husband and wife, that you're are my wife. That <laughs> he was he was too ashamed to to tell everyone that we were married. It wasn't as much ashamed. It was just that, you know, I want to start a fermentation podcast. And you really suggested that I needed a co-host. And you decided eventually that you would be the co-host. But then I didn't want it to be a, like a husband-wife show. Like, I just didn't want that. Like, I wanted something different. And so instead, we just never mentioned it. So are those husband-wife shows terrible from your experience? Why are you so against those? I don't even really know what a husband and wife show is. I think I've heard a few that have husband and wives involved, but I just didn't want that, like that, whatever that would mean. I didn't want that. Like the cheesy talk between each other. Yeah. And, and it did make it a little difficult though, because at certain times, you know, we never wanted to make it seem like we weren't husband and wife, but at the same time, it was kind of one of those things where I had to sometimes ask you, about something that I probably already knew about, like what you had been fermenting or different things like that. Yeah, you did. You did. You 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 really tried really hard to make it look like we weren't married, but that's no, not, okay. Not, not in a make up kind of way, like not like pretend, like just didn't want it to come into the conversation. I know. I know. That's okay. I forgive you. So here I am on air apologizing <laughs> to my wife. She is back on today. And one other thing that you've said about the show, not that you listen to the show, but you said that you... <laughs> I do listen to the show once in a while. If if only you would adopt listening to podcasts at uh, 2x speed, like I oftentimes do, like then you could start listening and catch up on all these. The difference is I live with you. I live in fermentation every day. We talk about fermentation every day. Why do I have to listen to a podcast when I actually can hear you record the podcast in the other room most of the time? There's just not necessary. Yeah, but there are other people on the show. And I usually know what you're going to be talking about. But there have been some pretty pretty awesome awesome guests lately that I think I've told you before you need to listen to some of these. But anyway, you don't really listen to the show, but you, you have said... That you wish that the uh, the news section were were still on. You had talked about how, you know, we used to do kind of just what's happening in fermentation. Yeah, that was my favorite part. I can't believe you stopped doing that. Well, after about a year and a half, or I mean, I guess a year is about when I stopped doing that. For one, because you weren't there to uh to do it and uh, Allison and I just kind of went in a different direction and at the same time I mean the news started to be kind of similar after like over a year of uh finding news because it's not like say tech news and tech news podcasts or th- different things like that where there is plenty of new news all the time a lot of this stuff is rehashing of the same old stuff and it became a little bit more difficult but for you today I made sure that we had a fermentation lineup of news well thank you I'm excited and I, I believe our listeners should let you know if they like the news or not, because I 
I do believe that a lot of them probably do enjoy the news. And this is for, obviously, listeners that have listened from episode two on. And they can go ahead and just let us know, do you like the news or do you not like the news? And for those of you that haven't listened to the older episodes, compare tonight's show to the previous ones and just let us know. I have been asked this before off air, now that you brought it up, since episode two you emphasized Where's episode one? Where is episode one? I don't actually remember. I know we recorded episode one, I think. Yes, we recorded episode (laughs) one. It was that we really did not plan. We had no kind of outline. We didn't know what we were going to say. And instead, we spent the entire hour talking about what we were going to talk about in the future. And it was just a total flop. I I think you should air that. I, I bet that would be just awesome to hear. Since then, I think I've I've lost it. It would probably take me a while to figure out if I could actually find it. I mean, I'll look and see if I can. But in, in but let's get back into the news and to start with goat testicles. Seems like a good place to start. Uh, and it's it's actually from Modern Farmer. It's a, a fermentation farm article, and it's all about Sander Katz's uh, cabin out in the Tennessee woods and his. I think they're week long things where they have a he has a small group of people welcomes them to his home and then does pretty much an extended week-long fermentation workshop where everyone kind of camps out and then every morning every day all day they're learning about fermented stuff and preserving foods and it sounds awesome delicious and amazing and i've known about this before this is a great little uh, write-up about it and it has some some great photos of sander katz and of his cabin he does have a pretty sweet cabin. I'm jealous. I want that cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Well, maybe an hour away from Nashville. I'll take that too. So, Oh, so you're saying you're okay with living in Tennessee now? Because I think before you said mm. that wasn't really your... You like being in Wisconsin. I love I love being in Wisconsin. No, I'm talking about being an hour away from a city. I would completely be up for that, living in an awesome cabin that he has. I do f- find that interesting, and I think it's great that he has a cabin, but all of his guests are sleeping in a tent outside. Well, he has a few too many guests. His cabin's not large. Well, no, I understand. It's just, you um, know. And I, I, I've said this before. I want to do this at some point. Like, I, I definitely want to go to one of his one of his things uh, over the summer. So I, I hope that eventually, like our, you know, like our, our son will get a little bigger and, you know, it'll be okay. Like, maybe I can go off for a week or whatnot. I'm just letting you know now. I Like, seeing that article, reading it, it just, I just want to do it. What would you learn? You already know everything you need to know. There is, Really? There is always more to learn about fermentation. Sure, but, you know, do you really have to be there to learn about it? You just want to interact with Sander Katz. Well, everyone that is willing to take that amount of time and and do that kind of thing. I guess I didn't mention, though, the goat testicle thing. That was just the the first, the article started with that, and he was frying it up for breakfast one more, or for lunch one day. And apparently they look like onions? That would make sense. Really? How so? That it kind of looked like onion. I mean, I guess it depends on how much of the <laughs> testicle was there. Like, Why if you have you like a little bit of connections. But <laughs> I mean, I just imagine that makes sense. Now, we, I think I've mentioned this on the show too. We have just recently um, brought two goats, dairy goats, into our life, and soon we'll have uh, male goats as well. But They're- even once they have, we have kids, kids being the, the baby goats, once we have kids, you uh, said, that you would never be okay with eating any of them as meat. I could never eat any of the goats as meat. They are, for one, just way too friendly and really just way too adorable. And 
for anyone that's not ever really had the experience to interact with goats. They are extremely amazing. They love interaction with humans. And I think that's just something many people don't think about. So to your point, no, I could never eat goat testicles, regardless if it's my goat or not, just because I they're my kids. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, uh, arguably, that's probably coming from a, a meat goat. Anyway, so like they're being raised for meat and... You just sound like you would you would never like you, you eat meat. It's not like you don't eat meat, but you're not okay eating. I'm goat a hypocrite. Meat. I, I I will admit that yes, I I eat meat. I'm not a vegetarian. I don't think, and you know, you know, I don't eat two. I don't eat a lot of meat regularly throughout the week. Maybe one meal, if that, will have meat in it during my week. But I I, I guess I could never just kill an animal that I'm raising for meat and. I realize this is, you know, it's not right. And I think this is the reason a lot of people are eat, eat, eating arguably more meat than they should eat on a daily basis because they're so disconnected from the meat that they're eating. And yeah, I think if a lot of people were around the animals more and had the ability to interact with them frequently, they probably wouldn't necessarily eat as much meat. Obviously, that doesn't apply to everyone. You know, there are certain people that can completely disconnect and remove themselves from animals. But I do, I would argue there is a large number of individuals on this earth that are more like me as well. And so, yes, I am a hypocrite in some ways that I cannot eat anything that I raise. But at the same time, I don't eat too much meat. So it sounds like once we do actually start having goats in milk that... We're either going to have a lot of goats very quick, or we're going to have to find new homes for those otherwise, because it's generally on a farm. I mean, the milk goats, and we have the goats for many reasons, because we're animal people, but also I want to explore a lot more with goat cheese and different stuff, and might as well just have the goats right in our own backyard to start doing that. You know, I mean, traditionally, I mean, the the ones that are not going to be raised for milk or for new breeding bucks would be slaughtered for meat it's just part of like small living and farming and different things like that so i guess we'll see right now that's where we stand let's let's check back in a couple of years and and see if anything is has changed just the realities of uh miniature farming kind of sets in i doubt it probably not i mean you know we'll have goats we'll have kids if we can't sell them then we just won't have any more kids until we can sell those so we'll have dairy goats that we cannot impregnate again and therefore not have more milk just because you can't... Uh, exactly. Okay. But, you know, I, I'm sure there will be plenty of people out there that will want some goats, especially the adorable goats that we have. Yes. Anyone look up mini Nubians and they are adorable. They are pretty amazing. Obviously, all goats. Any goat. They're just too cute. Well, back to the uh, modern farmer. If uh, Just check out that article. They're on that. And then otherwise, the uh, last week I had mentioned UW has a new fermentation course that they're or program that they're opening up in 2015, both to degree seeking students as well as to the public in some extent or whether it's going to be all fermented foods and different things like that. What and is the degree called? It's fermentation science. I don't know what the, de- I don't know what the, degree program specific title is, but it's a fermentation science program. I talked about it last week. If you want to hear more about that, listen to last week. 
but at the same time, Michigan didn't want to be outdone by Wisconsin. So, uh, CMU is they're they're starting a certificate program in fermentation science and they'll be doing that in the fall of 2015. Hey, if they're competing with each other, that's just even better. I I don't think they're competing with each other and the UW the 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 Wisconsin one is for food and alcohol, whereas this one is specifically for for brewing. It's for beer. So it's uh but I, one thing that I didn't know that I found out in this article is that Michigan is ranked fifth in the nation in the number of breweries. I really thought Wisconsin would have been on this this list of five because they're only behind California, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. I really would have thought Wisconsin who, who was Who is on behind there. all of those? Michigan or us? Michigan Michigan is fifth. I don't know who is sixth. Oh yeah, that is surprising. I would have never guessed Michigan would be on that list. Other states make sense. Just Michigan seems to be out of place, but that's interesting. They're so close to Wisconsin though. I I mean it makes sense, I guess. No, that's that's yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, we're not originally from Wisconsin, so but coming up here, seeing that there are a lot of breweries and a lot of people that drink a lot of beer and, and, and eat fermented foods. So it's I do have to say, I think my favorite beer in this state, in Wisconsin, for anyone that's ever visiting or people that are familiar with the state or the beer, is New Glarus. I do have to say Moon Man is my favorite. Um, so check out New Glarus Beer Brewery. Yeah, they're, not, they're only about an hour away from us, right? Yeah, I think actually less than an hour, but yeah, it's it's pretty good beer. Well, there you have it from Daniela. <laughs> Thanks. And uh but yeah, d- uh, like if you're in Michigan, consider taking one of those courses if you can. And also, since we did bring up the topic of of meat, ideas in food, again, awesome blog, I've mentioned them before. Oftentimes I'm talking about them for specific for fermentation, but there is a a new book that they mentioned just a quick mention. I put a, I'll put a link in there for both Amazon and for Ideas and Food on a book on butchering for butchering poultry, poultry, rabbit, lamb, goat, and pork. It looks really awesome. So for, it, because it's not just breaking up and or cutting up the meat. It's a it's about how to um, go all the way from slaughtering to serving. And I know that you have mixed feelings about meat, but. For anyone that is fermenting meat, uh, you know, pork, wonderful option. You could do some pork goat mix, um, sausages or whatnot. And it looks like it's a very uh, humane and uh, well-constructed book. So I definitely say check it out. I haven't, I haven't seen, uh, this is my first time seeing it just right before the show, but I thought I should mention it. And especially since we're talking about, we were talking about meat just a second ago, it seemed even more fitting because you do like your fermented sausages. I do. Um, and obviously, I think this book would apply to people that are considering butchering animals. Otherwise, it wouldn't. No, I mean, because if you're just going to get like a, a a whole hog or something and want to butcher it yourself or different things like if you're just going to the farm, I mean, it doesn't you don't have to slaughter things yourself because it breaks down the entire um, piece of meat. Oh, so OK. Well, that's it, it, looks, it looks really cool. It's just it's worth worth taking a look at and something else that we're I guess we're kind of out of out of the news section. See, there's just there. It's harder to find news these days, but not as much news, but uh, a great blog post that just came up uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, Nukazuke, which I've talked about before, rice bran pickling. And there is a great write-up on the Nukadoko, which is the rice bran itself, and how to create that. It's very detailed, goes into troubleshooting and whatnot. I highly recommend taking a look at it. And it's uh, from Garden Betty. And I'm not familiar with her blog, but I really liked the images that she had for this. Do you remember the Nukazuke? I do not. I figured as much. 
Um, that was a, a, a big blur during the uh, writing of the cookbook that, and I haven't started one up again. The book or the the Nukazuke. Oh, okay. Uh, the so the Nukadoko is the rice bran. It's the it's it's the medium. It's it's the crock or container full of rice bran stuff that has all the lactic acid bacteria in there that are just ripe and ready to ferment what other kind of vegetables are put inside. And the nice thing about it is that they're fermented within, like I say, um, a few hours to a few days at tops. I mean, you can do longer fermented versions of this kind of stuff, but it's it's great. They taste delicious. They're uh, they're they, the vegetables remain even crisper in different stuff, and it's a different flavor. So I highly recommend everyone try it. And this one seems like a very, very detailed tutorial on how to do it. Okay, so this is a tutorial. Okay. Yeah, so you should uh, you should make our next Nukodogo. I will. Us. You know, when I have some free time, for sure. Yeah. The, the main reason why I don't think a lot of people go through this, and I think Garden Betty even mentioned that in her show, or in her blog post, she mentioned that she was resistant to doing it because it's it's a big commitment. And that's the main reason why I don't have one right now is either is because, especially in the summer, it needs to be stirred sometimes twice a day. Oh, wow. Morning and evening. Otherwise, it's going to just start to go rancid and kind of get gross. And it's just, it's a very big commitment. It not only takes weeks to start up, but then at the same time, you have to stir it every day. And that's part of your introducing inoculating with fresh microbes, clean hands, but fr- uh, fr- microbes from your hands and different things every single day. And so only one person traditionally is the one to stir it. And it's just, there's a certain romance to the idea of keeping a Nukazuke pot going long term, like to be able to pass that down to our son. So how do you eat the the pickling or the the vegetables? Oh, you is just it, you is salt it more, the vegetables. Is it more like a side or is it? Well, it, yeah. It, I mean, well, it depends on what you want to do traditionally with it or not. I mean, yeah, it's just like a, a what sukumono. I forget the Japanese term off the top of my head of for uh, pickled vegetables. But yeah, they're sides, accompaniments to whatever kind of dish there is. Generally, I don't think it's traditionally used for in cooking, but. Hey, I'd throw it in cooking too if I had it because it only takes a few hours instead of weeks or months to ferment something. It's it's ready in hours, and that's just yeah, awesome. that's that's fast for fermentation. Fast for fermentation, but you are committed. It's you're married to that pot for the rest of your life. Or like me, I I guess I divorced my Nokazuke pot, which was very sad. But I'll get one started. Or you, if you get one started, then I'll feel even more obligated to keep it going. If you give up on it, because you know that just be sad. I don't want. I, I would adopt your pot if you started it. I'm just saying. Really? Kind of how you divorced yours? No, no, no. I would not. I, I would feel more obligated. More committed? Yeah, exactly. So so get that started and everyone should go start their own too and, and let us know. And that was, see, that was all I really had for news. That, that was a lot of news. Okay. So that was enough for you. That's, yes, that's So you just want enough. some kind of news back in the show. Yes, just what's going on, what's happening in the world regarding fermentation. Yes, a lot of it may be repetitive in some shape or form, but it's different, it, even if it's just slightly different from last week. And I, and I, I would argue that people find it interesting. I still remember that one article with the cheese that's, that was banned because of the worms. Or not the worms, the... The cheese. Oh, you're talking about the cheese mites. Yes, you were on the show for the cheese mites. Okay, I was. so you you have you haven't and really been gone from the show for th- as long as I even imagine. It's been quite a while. It's been at least a year. 
Yeah, but that but I, wow, the cheese mites thing I guess was a, a long while ago. Yeah, the uh, the mimolette cheese. Yes. So you know, that stuff is extremely fascinating and interesting. Okay. Well, I will. Well, yes. Yeah, so when big things come up like that, it's kind of hard not to to mention. And so, like, I will continue to make sure that those go into the news in the future. And as I had talked about, so there's this this new section that I'm trying now, and I mentioned to people that it's for events. And it doesn't matter if it's events locally here in Wisconsin or if it is anywhere else in the nation. Uh, just events and fermentation? Yeah. And so I kind of held off from doing this. I really wanted to do it, but I just don't want it to bore people. <laughs> so instead, I'm going to bore people by talking about how I don't want to bore them. <laughs> Go for it. But but the, the, like, what do you? what is your thought? I haven't asked you about this. Like, what is your thought? Do you want to hear about events that are happening around the nation? I, I Yes, I, I would. It's kind of like news, right? It is. But at the same time, it's not even so much that, you know, I may not be in that specific region and that's fine. I, I would like to hear about it just because it's, you know, it's exciting and um, encouraging to know that so much fermentation is happening all throughout the country or the world. And it's not just you and your you know, in your little house in Wisconsin. And so I think you should continue to mention that information. And maybe someone is randomly planning to visit family or friends in a specific city and just happen to be around the same time. And otherwise, they may have not heard about it. Well, then, hey, if you're if you're all for this as well, then please do anyone that's listening. If you know about events, whether you're hosting the event or not, if you know of a fermentation event, send it my way. Send it to podcast at firmup.com and I'll make sure that it ends up in this last little segment of the show where we talk about different events that are that are going on. Did you talk about your events? I well, that's kind of what started spurring this because I realized I wasn't talking enough about of the events that I was even doing, which seems kind of silly. I should probably share that, but I know so many people don't actually listen from this region. They listen from other places in the world. So I just didn't want to bore people with that too. But then I started thinking about like that. Maybe it will inspire other people to do this kind of stuff and kind of like that encouraging aspect. You know, what's really discouraging though, that's off topic, but I was trying to, um, I don't really make sugar cookies that often, but I was looking up a recipe for that today because I wanted to make some sugar cookies with my son uh, because he really wanted to do something in the kitchen. So that seemed like a reasonable thing to do. I was surprised at how it's kind of discouraging how many people still cook with margarine. It is and extremely and all that kind of stuff. Yes. I know. I, I think people that don't use it tend to forget about how common it is. And I mean, yeah, I have family members that use it. And it's one of those things that's, I, I think, so in my mind, old school that they just have a hard time breaking habit because that's what it may be considered healthier, better, cheaper for sure. So, yeah, it is discouraging. And um, I, I, I find it that many things that we do a certain way and you know it's almost as if i live in a bubble obviously i have a full-time job and i interact with a lot of individuals that have a completely different lifestyle from me so i think i am more exposed to the uh, the other side of of that you know just something as simple as people drinking soda regularly all the time that's fine it's just for someone that doesn't drink soda ever it's it's surprising to sometimes be in a, in a group setting and see five people drinking soda and then there's me with water so it's discouraging but i think on a personal level it doesn't really make a difference because it doesn't affect me in any way unless i am out shopping for food or wanting to get some dessert obviously that's kind of been a struggle for a long time just knowing that you can't necessarily trust the grocery store but 
But I know what you mean. It's, it is kind of surprising for certain things, especially. So I don't really know too many people that drink soda anymore besides like, say your brother or different people like that. Like, so what, what stops you from evangelizing and getting up there with some kombucha or water kefir soda of sorts and putting that in front of those people that drink soda and be like, here, try this instead. It's a nice alternative. I do drink it. I guess I just don't offer it usually because I have just my own drink. But I'm more than happy to this talk about it. This is my fermented it. drink. Keep it. It's, it's mine. Stay away. No, I mean, I've definitely had some coworkers comment on, this is all throughout different jobs I've had, but on my um, kombucha, because they'll just joke that it looks like beer and it's not really a tea drink. Or urine. That's never been a not nothing like that. Usually, it's been a joke that I'm secretly just getting drunk at work because I'm drinking beer. But no, I mean, I'm I'm definitely drink those uh, different varieties of fermented beverages at work. It's just one of those things I I definitely share, and I think my coworkers, some of them for sure know that I'm different. I guess, but I I've never offered it. Once I did buy a bottle of it for a coworker um, because we had this ongoing joke about it. So I finally purchased a bottle for him to to try a bottle of kombucha. And um, I actually... Wait, why didn't you just take them kombucha? Or was I not brewing at that point? I'm not... This was a while back. I'm not sure what was going on. I was just at the store and it was his last day at work. And I went and got him kind of a farewell present and it was kombucha. And I still don't to this day know what he thought of it. See, you just got to start gifting people with that kind of stuff. You don't need that Diet Coke. Here is kombucha. Oh, I think that's much harder um, than it seems. But it, uh, yeah, we do kind of live in a bubble to a certain extent, especially a lot of the news and different stuff that I read about is I'm seeking out food and fermentation stuff. And so there are plenty of people that are interested in this kind of stuff. And then I guess getting back into what we were actually talking about with the events, there are plenty of people doing events all across the nation. And this is the perfect time to be doing it because it's fall, fall harvest, especially if you're going to be talking about fermented vegetables, although there are way awesome other uh, things to ferment as well. But like it's the it's fall season season. So what's going on? Well, for one, the second annual Boston fermentation festival is this Saturday. It is, if you remember, episode 75, that you didn't listen to, but that you should, and everyone else should as well, uh, Boston Ferments and Oguski Ceramics. I had Jeremy Oguski on, and we talked about fermentation, about Boston Ferments. He started this last year with a few other people, and it was a huge success, and it's going to be an even huger success this year. So everyone should definitely check that out. If you're in anywhere in that area, go to the second annual Boston Fermentation Festival. And going in order, kimchi and mead. I've got that workshop coming up on October 1st with Nasala Kombucha. And it's going to be featuring Colleen from Boss Meadery. So a little bit of mead, a little bit of sweet, and a little bit of spicy with the kimchi. So everyone's going to taste and learn about the process of making mead and then actually hands-on learn how to make kimchi. So be there if you're anywhere in the Madison area or send people like say, like Daniela was saying, if you know people in this area, send them to that and do the same with all these other workshops as well. Sounds delicious. And then do you want to talk about the next one? Uh, No, go for it. This is all you. What is the next one? I mean, you have the notes in front of you too. It's the Reedsburg Fermentation Fest that you will be uh, part of for a, a few classes. Yeah. And what when is it? It's October. Well, it's the weekend of October 4th through the 13th. And yeah, that's the, I guess that's the one thing to, to 
it's it's in, going in, for is two weeks. in Reedsburg, Wisconsin. Reedsburg, yes, which we had a recent sad happening in Reedsburg. I mean, we were we 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 fell in love with this property that we saw. We weren't even planning to move, but like we saw this property and it was amazing, and it was like in a price range that we could afford for like plenty of acres for all the goats and everything else it we want to do. Absolutely gorgeous, yes. And it had the long driveway that would be horrendous to plow in the winter with snow. But, but it was too good to be true, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean the the thing about yeah. Reedsburg and that area, it was like in between Reedsburg and Lavelle. It was in a floodplain, right by a river. I didn't even want the river. I just wanted the property. I know. I, I don't know why I brought that up. Yes. But that, yes, it was, that, it was, that was a, just uh, every time I keep thinking about Reedsburg Fermentation Fest these uh, these last few weeks, it's I just keep thinking about that place. It's like, oh. Still for sale. We want to change our minds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If we, if we <laughs> wanted to live in a, in a floodplain and pay the insurance and everything else. But October 4th through the 13th, the important thing to know is that most of the events, the, like the main events are happening on the weekends. Like mainly on the Saturdays, the 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 fourth and the eleventh. So your events are on the weekends too. Yes, those events. Most of the fermentation workshops. The rest going throughout the week are going to be all these art installations and different things. But one of those art installations that the art installations are there on the weekends as well. But they'll be out throughout the week. One of those uh, just recently got in contact with Andrea Poli, who is doing Taste Lab, and Taste Lab is going to be one of those art installation type of things in the D-Art tour. And she's going to, she's in bringing, she's a faculty of art and ecology at the University of New Mexico. And she's bringing some of her students from New Mexico and they're doing this thing. And it's going to be kind of like a little mini lab of sorts where people, there are uh, visitors are invited to investigate the biology of fermentation through all of their senses. And so there are going to be things like digital microscopes and then they're also going to be able to touch, taste, and smell these kind of things. I mean, fermentation is kind of a fun, funky, wacky kind of thing to do anyway. So I want to participate in that after I get done with one of my workshops and, and go give a little talk there and bring some Veely, that stuff that you love. Veely. Have you mentioned what workshops you are uh, facilitating? Yes, okay. I have. One of them being the kombucha course, one that is everyday fermentation is kind of focused around all the kinds of things that are in the book and how to use them and, and what to do, what people can do at home. And that one's more of like a lecture session. The kombucha is more of a how-to and, and hands-on sort of. And then the cultured milk is also going to be one of those things. And cultured milk, again, like I was just trying to say, and you were trying to change the subject, Vili, I I've talked about this before. I say, my wife just cannot stand the stringiness, the ropiness, the snot in her mouth of Vili. Why is it that you don't like Vili? For the same reason many people don't like snot in their mouth. It's not a pleasant texture. It's slimy and it makes me think of snot. But mucus in my mouth is not something I enjoy. Exactly. But clearly you enjoy it in some form because you love this yogurt. No, I do not enjoy mucus. So I'm just curious. Uh, granted, you do eat veal in smoothies. If I, yes, if but I, it's broken up and there's no sliminess to it. I like the taste. I just... I never considered myself someone that really was affected too much by texture, and I've, clearly I am because I really can't stand Bailey's textures, texture, and I, I do. I think it goes back to some weird. I I don't know what it is. I don't recall eating snot when I was a kid. I'm sure I have, because all kids do. But it's just a very it's not a very pleasant feeling in my mouth. I, I cannot get over the texture to really enjoy the flavor and taste. Is this something that's maybe acquired? Like you could try a little harder? 
I have no desire to try it. I mean, because I feel like this is- there are many other yogurts I'm more than happy to eat that I can just bypass really altogether. Okay, so you're saying I need to stop making all of the other yogurts that you do like in order to mm. make this be the only one that your only option. No, I will then do the the consumer route, go the consumer route and go buy some of the groceries. You would go buy store. yogurt. Yes. How dare you? I'm just saying. Not in this house. If you come here, yeah, that's what would happen. Although I do miss my Bulgarian yogurt. That hasn't happened in a very long time. Yeah, there's a lot more work that goes into making Bulgarian, all that heating up and incubation. Yes, you are a lazy ferment. I'm a lazy ferment. <laughs> What's the right term? You are a lazy fermenter? fermenter? <laughs> you can call me a fermenter. I mean, I think uh, Seder Cat says fermento. Fermento, yes. Um, and... Well, either way, I mean, that's the, that's the other thing. So, um, getting you to eat your own goat meat and, uh, Vili, those are the two things you say you will never do. Uh, you've said it on this podcast tonight. And so we will just see if that ever changes in the future. Sounds good. But there are still other events going on. The 2014 Portland Fermentation Festival is going on Thursday, October 18th, uh, October 16th. Now it's on a Thursday. So I don't know. Maybe I just don't know enough about festivals and food stuff in Portland. I know a lot of people don't have jobs, so that's probably why they can get away doing it on the weekday. <laughs> nice joke. Nice. Oh, no. I mean, I just, I, well, I mean, fifth annual Portland Fermentation Festival. It's definitely been going on for a while, so it's worth checking out as well. And then on the other side of the nation, the Brooklyn Fermentation Festival is still a little bit in the planning phases. I don't have anywhere to send you to, but it's going to be awesome because it's Tara from uh, fermentation on wheels is going to be there did you ever listen to that episode no but we talked about it together you've talked quite a bit about this yeah i think it's a it's an awesome project and it's episode 51 if anyone does want to listen to this including daniela and a fermentation on wheels tara was uh, going to be putting it on in conjunction with bitters and esters and ferment about it which as far as i know ferment about it is just the a podcast that focuses uh, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, just as in, I don't think they do anything other than the podcast, but they uh, are a great podcast that everyone should listen to. They focus a lot on beer, but then they also sometimes talk about other fermented things. And so there are actually quite a few episodes I should go back and find and, and recommend to people because some of them are very fascinating beer or otherwise. So ferment about it podcast, bitters and esters, which is a beer brewery in Brooklyn and fermentation on the wheels. They're going to be doing this fermentation. It's going to be November 15th in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. If that means anything to you, then uh, definitely go check it out. And Tara wants to make sure that everyone knows about it. And they're going to have a few different things going on that I'll continue to talk about as time goes on, as it gets a little bit closer, but everyone get ready for the first Brooklyn fermentation festival. And that's it. That's all the events. So that's- Brandon, let me ask you a question. Okay. What is your fav- favorite fermented food? I would have to say Vili. Of all of the ferment- fermented products you've tried, you'd say Vili. No, I love Koji. So I'm, which I'm one is it? I'm in love with Koji. So Koji? Yeah. Why? The process, the aromas. Koji just kind of lures me in to making more. Like I just, I, I smell it and I want to make more of it. Interesting. Okay. Then this had nothing to do with anything. It's just how you want to close out the show. Yeah, I I realize I actually don't know. I didn't know the answer to that question. See, here we are on on air, C- closer together, husband and wife. <laughs> you can stop saying husband and wife now. 
I just want to make sure everyone knew that we were husband and wife since before for so many episodes. I never emphasized that I'm just, you know, getting rid of this guilt. And so that's pretty much all we have. And so if anyone would like to comment on Daniela's amazing appearance on the show, on anything that we talked about today, send your comments to podcast at firmup.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at firmup, on Facebook at firmup, and anywhere else at firmup. And we would really love your feedback. Just send what you like to see more of, less of, and continue for us to do doing going forward or i should say brandon i was gonna say we are you are you stealing the show are you no. are you getting back on the show is it gonna be you and allison like you're just gonna kick me off <laughs> maybe that that's probably that yeah, that could be a good show yeah so listen in next time for that and until next time firm up <laughs>